Conducting global research? Marketing your brand to a multilingual audience? With translation, transcription, voiceover, and subtitling services in over 75 languages, we'll make the connection to your audience in their own language. Get the linguistic accuracy you expect with the cultural nuance you need, all tailored to your needs with friendly service. Try Multilingual Connections. Mention Little Bird Marketing for $100 off your first project. Multilingualconnections.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. I always come to these shows wanting to deliver something of undeniable value to my audience. I really want to make sure I'm doing what I can to pull back the curtain and let people see what is behind the the curtain of marketing. There's so many opinions out there about what you should be doing or could be doing, and there are so many options about what can be done and what you can actually uh, make happen, even as a small company, which was not like this before in marketing and advertising. So I want to make sure that I get pointed, I get clear, and I provide something of value. I'm Priscilla McKinney. I'm the CEO here at Little Bird Marketing, and I want to talk to you today about refreshing or redoing or revisiting, however you want to look at it, your most ideal client personas. Like real humans, buyer personas are not stagnant. They adjust and they change with current affairs and industry upsets and shifts in the economy. And I don't know about you, but we have experienced a change in current affairs, in industry upsets and shifts in the economy. Am I right? The word pivot has been thrown out into many conversations. And I know some people might be rolling their eyes right now, but the truth is that businesses are always pivoting. It's not just during a global pandemic or as we hopefully come to the end of a global pandemic. Um, that we need to pivot. This is the constant state of affairs of business. Companies grow. We need to upgrade our, you know, our understanding of our ideal clients. Our clients are changing. We need to have better clarity about the products and services that we offer. We refocus our efforts or our marketing budgets on different aspects of our company. In short, business is always changing, right? I just want to tell you a little story here at Little Bird Marketing, the home of the most ideal client persona. <laughs> Believe me, I'm the person who talks about it all the time. But something happened several years ago that really got me thinking. We went through a very, very tough year where we had a lot of clients that we had worked for for the entire year not renew. And that was very unusual at Little Bird. And it got me thinking, something must be wrong. I cannot possibly attribute this to client after client. How can I turn this in and look at myself? How can you turn this in and get the amazing thinkers here at Little Bird Marketing to really reflect on who we are, how we are going to market, how we were helping? And as it turns out, we got to the bottom of it only to find out that we had signed a lot of deals with people who were not our most ideal client. And not only that, They were at one time our most ideal client, but we had outgrown that client. And so by trying to keep serving that, it was all falling apart. And I'm just going to tell you right now that the big red flag that things are going wrong and you might need to revisit, uh, refresh or redo, I don't care what you want to call it, your ideal client personas is if you are experiencing a very awful churn rate. 
So we actually had a year at 46% churn rate. Now you can tell me all you want that you're growing and you have a lot of new business coming in. We had a tremendous amount of business coming in that year, but it is to no good effect if those clients are going out the door the next year. Our businesses only grow and scale, obviously, by us being able to maintain these great clients and long-term relationships and really hone in on the value that we're delivering constantly to our most ideal client. Sometimes it's good that we have some churn. You know it, I know it. Sometimes there's not a great fit. You try out different clients, different clients try you out, and maybe it's not perfect. But you've got to look at your numbers and you've got to get that churn rate under 10%. I'm happy to report we were under 6% this last year. And I really attribute it to the success of us taking a long, hard look several years ago at our most ideal client, buyer personas, whatever you want to call them. And we really understood that we were always creating and crafting and considering <laughs> the content that we were making for this buyer, right? We want to be speaking to that most ideal customer. It's not just for our good, but it's for theirs as well. And so it is very important that you update your personas on a regular basis. Now, that doesn't always mean starting from scratch, but it does include reviewing the frustrations, the base motivations, the persistent problems, the pressing issues, the even newly developing issues that your most ideal customer is facing. This is about developing incredible empathy toward your best client. You might be asking why personas and maybe you haven't tackled this yet. Let me tell you, we have some freebies at littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources. There's two big resources available to you on personas. One is what we refer to as a pillar page. It's completely ungated. Just go read it. It's, you know, great free education. If you want that wrapped up in a PDF, then you can download it from there. We also have an actual workbook and I'll refer to it at the end of this podcast, but there's a guide that we have. It's a template for how to go about creating that ideal client persona. So I hope that's helpful to you, but let me get back on track here with talking about is it time for you to refresh or redo or pivot with your buyer personas? I will tell you in proof that 82% of companies who use personas improve and clarify and come to market with a very clear value proposition. And 71% of companies that exceed lead generation and revenue goals actually have documented buyer personas. Those are some amazing statistics. So if you want success, you want to be able to scale your success, you're going to need to do the work of ideal buyer personas. Maybe you want to rifle around in your desk for a few minutes and find those antiquated personas that you had once upon a time that your team put together in an offsite strategy meeting. Remember those when we used to be face-to-face? -face? So I know you might have them somewhere, but unfortunately what happens is that the marketing department might have it somewhere, but the rest of the team does not have it. The focus here is to make sure that with the limited budget we have, which everybody has a limit to their budget, that the content and the time and the effort that we spend lands with our ideal prospects. It's meaningful to them. It resonates. And the leading reason why customers have limited engagement with B2B companies out there is because marketers just dump too much irrelevant content on them. 
And so I would say before you publish another blog or send another email or write another social media post, yes, even a short social media post, it's very important. You need to consider, would this be helpful to my most ideal customer? So you're either going to start and do personas from the ground up, but if you're in the position where you need to refresh them, I just wanted to give you a few indicators besides churn rate that would give you a red flag that you're going to need to refresh your personas. One of the things I look for in terms of KPIs is the number of blog views. And when I see one of two things, either blog views are completely inconsistent, meaning wildly different. One month we have tons of blog, that's an amazing blog. And then the next month, nothing crickets, right? Or I see a stagnant lack of growth in blog views. That tells me that we are missing the mark. And it feels like what I call duct tape marketing or spaghetti marketing. We're just throwing it up there and seeing what sticks, right? But we don't uh, have an obvious plan that is geared and considering the most ideal client. Otherwise, we would be hitting something more consistent and we would actually be having some growth. The next red flag that I think tells you you need to go about a refresh is that social media posts are getting low engagement. Now, I'm saying that, you know, social media posts, of course, are going to generate some kind of traffic to your website. So I'm not talking about an all or nothing proposition, but I am saying if there is low engagement out on your posts, that tells me that you're not really striking a chord. You're not hitting a nerve. And that's what you want to do in order to move people through their buyer's journey. If you think something might be off with your personas, you might want to consider looking at the last three clients that you booked. And take a look at those three and say, are they an exact replica of one of our written personas? If not, something has shifted. Either your company has changed or the needs in your industry have changed. So take a look and see if you see match, A, A, B, B. Now, a lot of companies have multiple personas. We do. I even have a persona here at Little Bird Marketing that is an unideal client persona. And that's specifically because we accidentally started marketing to this particular persona and never worked out. And instead of us throwing that ideal buyer persona in the trash, we kept it out and wrote non-ideal. <laughs> and that way, when we see those people coming, we hear the problems they're having. We identify with the struggles, but we can send them off as quickly as we possibly can to the right place that can serve them. And it is a disservice, I feel, to just take anybody and everybody. We serve a certain niche of people. We know how to get results in a very small sliver of what we do. And so we need to focus there. It's not nice to us. It's not nice to them when you go ahead and take work from people who are not ideal clients. Launching a new product, a line extension, or maybe you've just always wondered exactly what your target consumer thinks why they shop your website. Through their cutting edge and patented technology, Qualsites gives you unparalleled access to your consumers' lives and thought processes as you experience the world from their perspective. Qualsites is an immersive insights platform that empowers brands, consulting firms, and agencies to reveal life's meaningful moments and generate authentic insights from consumers on their terms anywhere in the world. Qualsites is the first and only truly integrated solution that seamlessly supports multiple research methodologies, blending the depth and authenticity of qualitative research with the speed and agility of quantitative research. 
In addition to offering a variety of options to capture data, Qualsites expedites analysis by providing a powerful suite of AI tools that make it easy to find and present the insights that matter. If you're looking for a way to capture deep, authentic consumer insights, work with Qualsites, the company that Inc. Magazine just named number one fastest growing market research company in the U.S. place you can look for KPIs is on your landing page submission. So when you're looking for lead generation, which is what we do day in and day out, we live, breathe, eat, sleep, uh, landing page submissions, you want to look for what I would refer to as the gold standard. You need to have a conversion rate of at least 20%. Meaning if people go to your website, let's say a hundred people go to a particular page and I say, hey, this is something that I would like to give you that I think is of value. Would you give me your email in exchange for this? If I only have 2% people converting and saying, sure, here's my uh, anonymity, I give it up. That tells me that it's probably not of undeniable value. That's just a fluke. You need to be on every landing page, every gated piece of content, you need to be at a minimum of 20% conversion rate. Now, I'm not saying that that is a conversion rate as in it converts to a sale. I'm trying to tell you that converts into a qualified lead. So take a look at your landing pages. And even if it's not a landing page, you could consider maybe even a contact us form. How many people look at that form and then walk away? We want to take a look. We want to make sure that at least 20% of people who see something we're offering take the next step. This one might be a little bit harder to put your finger on the pulse because not every company has a keyword ranking and SEO program in place. But if you are tracking the movement of your keyword ranking, and if you are doing content work in order to drive better SEO, then you should look at those reports and see, have you made a move? Are you plateauing? The interesting thing about that is if you have different personas and those people have different needs, then those people are searching different words and keywords and long tail keywords. And so if you're not improving your rank on the things that you consider to be your area of expertise and authority, then something is probably off with your personas. So for me, those are like five key places that you could go look um, to to give you some indication that it's probably time for you to refresh. Now, I don't think at that point you want to throw your personas out in the trash. Maybe just come back and say, you know, is this really true? Let's test a few of these ideas and some of these things that we had written. A couple of things that would tell me <laughs> that you really need to throw those in the trash and start over and rethink where you're going with your company um, are as follows. <laughs> so um, I talked at first about blogs and refreshing blogs, but if your blogs are not even being read and they're not being shared and call to actions are actually either absent from blog content or they're just never converting, that is time for a redo. It is not worth writing blogs, which let me tell you, take a lot of time to do. It is not worth that effort if they are not actually serving your most ideal client. People, I know you're going to think this is crazy. People should be excited to see that you have a new blog out. Oh, this is going to be good, <laughs> right? That's the desire of a marketer, you know, who is really trying to serve a particular audience and be of value and be of service. So take a look at that. If your blog's just not being read at all, 
why are we doing this, right? We don't get gold stars for doing marketing efforts, right? What we want to do is actually have our revenue growing and we want to be scaling our company according to the goals that we've set out. Now, for most people, that's revenue, but there can be other reasons and other goals that your team is trying to achieve. In terms of social media posts, I would say if you're not even generating any website traffic from your social posts, then you absolutely have the wrong personas. You need to scrap it and redo it. The other thing I would look at is how much time your salespeople are spending tracking down people, following up, like look, look through your box for follow-up on emails. You know, is there a long sales process? Now, a long sales process can be a good thing if you have a long sales process that is valued and valuable, but a long sales process where you are chasing people, that tells me that those are not ideal leads. You might make it work, you know, you might put that square peg into that round hole, but somebody's going to get hurt in the process. That tells me that things are not ideal. Throw that persona out and start over. Figure out who you really can help. So we talked a little bit about landing pages. And like I said, you should be getting 20% of a conversion rate where people are thrilled to give up their anonymity in order to get this meaningful and value-packed information or guide or checklist or quiz or whatever it is that you're offering. But if you have never had a landing page that reached 20% in conversion, time to throw away the personas. And the last piece is about the SEO, which like I said, might be a little bit harder, but if you don't even know what you rank for, or you don't rank for anything in the top 10 that is within your area and sphere of influence and expertise and authority, if there is no ranking there, you do not have the right persona a hundred percent. So a lot of people say, okay, let's say I'm going to refresh them. I'm going to redo them. So where do I, where do I start? Well, start with what you had to begin with, but you also might want to start by interviewing a couple of current clients who are ideal, who pay you well to do amazing work. Maybe have an interesting conversation with them. And I got to tell you for people in the insights industry, that we serve and we find it deeply ironic that most market research firms don't do market research on themselves. Persona work is market research, it's insights. It's about getting an in-depth look at the needs and having some empathy for the people you're serving, right? So you want to interview some of your current clients and say, hey, you know what, you do love us and we do good work for you. Why is that? Can we have a few minutes of a conversation about why this seems to work? What really at the end of the day would you say we're doing for you? What is it that allows you to sleep better at night knowing that we're working together? So that kind of leads me into one of my next tips, which is that you need to ask the right questions. Go deeper. Ask different questions this time around than you asked the first time, right? A couple of fun ones that I like to ask and get my team going with and as we're delving into ideal client work is to ask, who do they answer to? Or how I like to put it, who are they trying to impress? right? So my most ideal client is trying to impress someone or has to answer to someone. And in doing so, that means that I'm not just providing an answer for their problem. I'm providing a problem for them and for the person they report to, right? So it's like, I don't want to solve 
uh, you know, my boss's problem. That's my client. My client is my boss. So I can just look at it and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to solve my boss's problem. No, I want to solve my boss's boss's problem. That's a much deeper look at ideal client personas because so many of us have much more complex structures at work of what we need to do and who we answer to, right? So we're not typically just the sole decision maker anymore. The B2B buying groups have gotten bigger and bigger. And so we need to think about that soup that our most ideal client uh, is swimming in. Like, who is it that they need to bring together? Who do they need to impress? Who do they need to answer to? I also like to stop and ask myself, hmm, what does a day in their life look like? This is a really good empathy you know, starter. <laughs> like, are they meeting to death? Then quit asking for an hour meeting. Maybe 10 minutes will work, right? And so we start understanding what their day looks like. And then we can understand, oh, okay, so this is how I could deliver things better. This is, uh, this is how I could serve this, this client. Um, a couple of other fun ones that I like to ask is, like, what is keeping them up on Sunday night? I want my clients to sleep well, right? I joke around a lot and say that Little Bird Marketing is actually a sleep improvement agency. And I say that because I know the deep distress that it can be to be running a company. I run three of them, right? And it's what I refer to as the stunning discomfort of entrepreneurship. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to be feeling this. A lot of us who are working at a level, we may not be the owners, but we still take ownership, very deep ownership for what we're doing. And so our work many times keeps us up on Sunday night. So ask yourself whether they're the owner or they're just a high level person in the business, what is keeping them up on Sunday night? And can I answer that? Does my product answer that? Does my service answer that? Does the way we go about delivering our product or service answer that? This is going to help you start unraveling, you know, who really could use your service and who would be tremendously helped with your product or service. Um, likewise, it's the flip-flop of it is what gets them up on Monday morning. I want to know what inspires them, like what revs their engine, because work also has to be fun and interesting, in my humble opinion. <laughs> so I want to know what gets them excited, because I want to be able to come into meetings excited about the work we're doing as well. I think one of the dangers of working with clients, especially when we have worked with the same type of clients for many, many years, is that we start looking at our own KPIs or our own definitions of success, our own measurements of success, and we just assume that everybody else is measuring success in the same way. But I truly believe that we need to ask that question. How do our most ideal clients, how do they measure success? Do I understand that? Can they actually explain it to me? right? And can I see their, see it from their perspective? Can I see it differently, right? I'll give you one last one that I really like, which is kind of like not asking them a question and to answer <laughs> to me, but it's more about trying to get maybe into psychographics or getting a little bit under their skin. But I like to think about with my most ideal client buyers, what are they afraid to admit? What are they, you know, maybe a little bit embarrassed about. And I don't mean that, you know, they feel insecure and they may not even be thinking about this, but listen, every, every business is moving so fast. We are all trying to learn the next thing on a daily basis. And sometimes certain trends or, um, or changes in the market come too fast and we can't keep up. And sometimes just speaking that out to our client and saying, is there anything that you might feel maybe afraid or maybe even, I don't know, heaven forbid, a little ashamed to admit, 
And they might take that as relief and go, you know what? I actually blah, blah, blah. Right. That's a really a good way, again, of showing your most ideal client that you do have empathy for where they live, but it also gives you a little bit of that hidden world. What is it that they're trying to solve that maybe isn't just right out there in the open? So as you go about either looking to refresh or review or renew or completely reconstruct your ideal client personas, just remember that you need to put in the amount of work that you want to get out of it. And I know that a lot of people like to go away for strategy and it feels really good, but if you're going to do persona work and then put it in a drawer, don't bother, right? The whole point is to gain an empathic knowledge that will directly inform all of your marketing efforts. So if you're not going to take that knowledge and actually integrate it into web copy, blog titles, presentation themes, social media posts, and on and on, then don't bother doing it. At that point, it actually can hurt your team because people are like, oh, we've done this strategy before, but we don't stick to it. We keep taking work that's unideal and then we're all unhappy and the client doesn't like it. And, you know, nobody's getting bonuses when that kind of thing is happening. <laughs> so if you feel like you might need to redo or refresh, again, we do have some great guides. You can check out littlebirdmarketing.com forward slash resources. There are two different persona related resources there. One is a full pillar page where you can just read all kinds of information to help walk you through just the mindset shift you need to have in order to approach the idea of personas in your business. And then we also have an actual PDF that is a guide and it's a template that you can use. And you could, you know, copy it as many times as you want. But in the end, I just want to hone in on this point. You can write very generic posts. Like, for example, if you're a marriage counseling, you can say, you know what, my ideal client actually, it works all day, right? They can afford us. They're professional. They have a busy life, but they can't really get to us in regular working hours. It's very hard for them to get a full hour out, you know, traveling a half an hour to their therapist, traveling back another half an hour. That's two hours out of a very, very time-packed and time-crunched day. And so we think, oh, well, we're ideal for them because we have hours open at night. We are available at five and at six and at seven. So I can make a social media post understanding that and saying, you know, blah, 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 marriage counseling. We understand you're busy. We have appointments at five o'clock, six o'clock or seven o'clock, right? Or I could really understand what's going on below. What is keeping this person up at night? And what would get them going on Monday? And my post might sound something a little bit more like this. Are you tired of going to bed five inches away from someone, but feeling 10 miles away? This is actually tapping into thing that is actually bothering them. And when you ask good questions about your most ideal personas, they tell you what it is they're solving. Yes, you may be solving a time crunch, but honestly, if someone has a pressing problem, they will figure out how to get to you. But you need to be clear how to use your marketing dollars, your marketing efforts in order to really show that you considered who they are and that you want to address their most pressing problem. So get out there, take a look at your KPIs, take a look at some of your blogs, take a look, just get curious about your numbers, whatever numbers you have. And consider, has my most ideal client changed or have we changed? And do we need to reassess and regroup? So from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.